the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. At the sound of your cry, when he hears it, he will answer you. When you finally cry out to him for help, he'll answer you and he'll be very gracious to you. He's not going to say, oh, now you're finally calling me for help. You didn't want my help before when I offered it. Now you want my help. Now you want me to bail you out. Now that you've got yourself all tangled up with Egypt and you're in trouble, now you're calling me for help. No, if you cry, I'll be gracious to you. That's what the Lord says. Jesus Christ desires to be your Lord and Savior. He is patient, kind, and long-suffering. In today's message, Pastor Dan reminds us that when we call upon the name of the Lord, He hears us. Whether it is the first time we call upon Him or whether we have ignored Him for a while and then come pleading for His help, He is always ready to save and will always be gracious to us. Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord? Does He have the reins of your life? If you have been trying to control things, let go and let the Lord lead. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. In verse 18, the Lord says, I'll wait. I'll wait so that I may be gracious to you. I'll I'll wait for you to return to me. I'll wait for you to turn back to me. Then I'll be gracious to you. I'll just wait. Isn't the Lord just amazing in His grace? And his mercy toward us. He said, I'll I'll just wait. I'll just wait for you. You know, it's similar to uh, the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, where the father was, was watching the road, waiting for his son to come back, his prodigal son. And that's a picture of our father in heaven and his heart towards us and his heart towards sinners and people that have rebelled against him. Remember, the the prodigal son was not the lost sheep who wandered from the flock ignorantly. The prodigal son was in rebellion. And remember, when the lost sheep wandered away, the shepherd went to find the lost sheep. But when the son on his own left, the father let him go and didn't go after him. But the father watched and waited for the son to come back so that he could be gracious to him, so that he could be forgiving, and so that he could restore him, and so that he could show him kindness and love and grace. The father fatted up a calf waiting for the son to come. 
So he's got this, this calf all fatted up and ready and waiting for the day that his son shows back up so that he can kill the fatted calf and he can celebrate his son's return and show his son grace and kindness. That's our father's heart. That's our father's heart. Here they are, the rebellious children. They refuse to listen to the Lord. They despise his words. And, And maybe some of you were a rebellious child. I was a rebellious child. Even though what the Lord said to them was right, they, de- they despised it because it was the Lord saying it. And if you were a rebellious child, you may remember just despising what your parents said to you, even though your parents were right. But it's just because it was your parents saying it that you wouldn't listen to it. And that was Judah. He just despised it because it was him saying it. And they didn't want to hear it. Even though he was 100% right in what he said. And, and yet the Father's heart here, the Lord's heart is, well, I'll just wait. I'll just wait for you to come back around. The father does not say, you know, that's it. You had your chance. You know, the door's closed. You know, you don't want to listen to me. You want to go trust Egypt. You want to go back to the world? Then go ahead. Good riddance. And he says, no, I'll just wait. I'll just wait for you. And when you finally repent and you finally come back, then I'll show you my grace, he says. Then I can be gracious to you. Then I can show you kindness. Then I can show you love. Just what a picture here, the Father's heart. Now in verse 19, we have kind of these future promises, and they, they seem to even look down to the end of the age and to the kingdom age in part. Verse 19, For the people shall dwell in Zion, At Jerusalem, you shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. When you finally cry out to him for help, he'll answer you. And he'll be very gracious to you. He's not going to say, oh, now you're finally calling me for help. You didn't want my help before when I offered it. Now you want my help. Now you want me to bail you out. Now that you've got yourself all tangled up with Egypt and you're in trouble, now you're calling me for help. No, if you cry, I'll be gracious to you. That's what the Lord says. That's our Father in heaven. Man, I'll I'll hear you when you cry and I will be very gracious to you. Verse 20, And though the Lord gives you, look what it says, And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, Yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher. The Lord is the one who is sending the bread of affliction, and adver- or the bread of wa- uh, adversity and the water of affliction upon them. But he says, uh, you know, I'll still be your teacher. I'll still be your teacher. Now, even, even though he's, he's afflicting them, he's chastening them, he hasn't forsaken them. He hasn't turned his back on them. He's going to continue to teach them and speak to them. Verse 21, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, the Lord will still speak. The Lord will still guide them. The Lord will still direct them. They'll hear his voice. 
and one day they'll obey him. Verse 22, you will also defile the covering of your images of silver and the ornament of your molded images of gold. You will throw them away as an unclean thing. You will say to them, get away. They're going to get rid of their idols. They'll cast off all their idols. Verse 23 says, then, then. So when they finally obey the voice of the Lord and and listen to him and walk in his ways and cast off their idols, then he will give the rain for your seed, which you shall sow uh, in the ground and bread of the increase of the earth. It will be fat and plentiful. In that day, your cattle will feed and large pastures. Verse 24, likewise, the oxen and the young donkeys that work the ground will eat cured fodder, which has been winnowed with the shovel and fan. There will be on every high mountain and on every high hill rivers and streams of waters in the day of the great slaughter when the towers fall. Here's what the Lord says. I'll wait for you so that I can be gracious to you. And when you finally turn to me, I'll hear your cry and I'll be very gracious to you. And when you obey me and start walking in my ways and listening to me and you cast off all your idols, then I will bless you. Then I'll bless you. Then I'll bless your land with rain. And we've talked about this before, but remember in Israel, there was no major water system that they could use to irrigate the land. There was no major river like the Nile River or like the Euphrates River. They had to depend upon God to water the land, to cause their crops to grow. They had to live by faith. Different from Egypt. When they were in Egypt, they had the Nile River. They had the Nile River Delta. They created irrigation uh, canals. They they created a a watering system to water their fields. Uh, They didn't need God. They could just trust in their own ingenuity, their own engineering to water their fields. Totally different in Israel. In in Israel, there's no rivers, there's no water systems, there's no way because of the topography of the land, they can't create irrigation systems. They can't dig ditches and canals to water their fields. They have to depend upon the rain. We saw that back in Deuteronomy chapter 11, where the Lord told the children of Israel, the land I'm bringing you into, it's not going to be like Egypt, where you could water the fields with your feet. Many of these irrigation systems that they had created and these mechanisms they had created to move water out into the fields, not going to be able to do that. In Israel, you're going to have to depend upon me. And the Lord says, as long as you walk in my ways, I'll send the rain. And I'll send the early rain and I'll send the latter rain. But if you disobey me and you turn from me, I'm going to close up the heavens. And it's not going to rain. And here the Lord says to them again, it's still, it, is still, it is still a big deal in Israel in Isaiah's day. They're still depending upon the Lord for rain to water their crops. And the Lord says, hey, I'll wait for you when you return to me. I'll be very gracious to you once you start walking in my ways and you get rid of the idols. Man, then I will give you rain for your seed. I'll, I'll bless you. I'll prosper you. Verse 26, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days. 
in the day that the Lord binds up the bruise of his people and heals the stroke of their wound. He just wants to bind up their bruises and their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Behold, the name of the Lord comes from afar, burning with his anger, verse 27. And his burden is heavy, his lips are full of indignation, and his tongue like a devouring fire. His breath is like an overflowing stream which reaches up to the neck to sift the nations with the sieve of futility, and there shall be a bridle in the jaws of the people causing them to err. This is speaking of God's judgment of all these nations, but God's God's people don't need to fear God's judgment. Verse 29, you shall have a song as in the night. Now he's speaking to his own people. You'll have a song as in the night when a holy festival is kept and gladness of heart as when one goes with a flute to come into the mountain of the Lord to the mighty one of Israel. The Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard and show the descent of his arm with the indignation of his anger and the flame of a devouring fire, with scattering tempest and hailstones. For through the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be beaten down as he strikes with the rod. Through the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be beaten down. Not through the horses of Egypt, not through the world, and not through the strength of of the world, but through the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be beaten down. And in every place where the staff of punishment passes, which the Lord lays on him, it will be with tambourines and harps, the celebration of God's people. And in battles of brandishing, he will fight with it. For Tophet was established of old. Yes, for the king it is prepared. He has made it deep and large. Its pyre is fire, With much wood, the breath of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone, kindles it. Here in verse 33, tophet is is a word for hell. It's a name for hell. The word literally means the place of burning, the place of fire. And here at the end of the the chapter, the Lord says, I've created hell for, for people like the Assyrians. And I'll send them there. And it's a place of fire, and it's a place of brimstone, and it's deep, and it's large, and it's a place of burning, and Jesus tells us it's a place of torment in the New Testament. Real quick, chapter 31, it's only nine verses. Uh, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel 
nor seek the Lord. They're trusting in horses. They're trusting in chariots that they purchased from Egypt. They're trusting in horsemen to save them, but they're not looking to the Holy One of Israel. They're not seeking the Lord for help at all. Yet he also is wise and will bring disaster and will not call back his words, but will arise against the house of evildoers and against the help of those who work iniquity. In verse 2, the Lord says he will not call back his words. He's not going to retract any of his statements. He's not going to edit anything that he said in the past. He's not going to change his answer. Everything that he says, says is, is, it stands. I love verse 3, just the, the, the practicality of it. The Lord speaking to Judah says, Now the Egyptians are men <laughs> and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. You could trust in God, but you're trusting in men. <laughs> you're trusting in horses when you could trust in the Holy Spirit. And he says, when the Lord stretches out his hand, both he who helps will fall and he who is helped will fall down. They all will perish together. The Egyptians are going to perish, those that are helping you, and you're going to perish with them. The Egyptians can't even preserve their own life against the Lord. How are they going to help Judah and preserve them? For thus... The Lord has spoken to me as a lion roars and a young lion over his prey when a multitude of shepherds is summoned against him. He will not be afraid of their voice nor be disturbed by their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight for Mount Zion and for its hill like birds flying about. So will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem." Defending, he will also deliver it. Passing over, he will preserve it. There's an interesting story from modern history uh, connected to Isaiah chapter 31, verse 5. Maybe you're familiar with it. But uh, when the British were fighting against the Turks uh, in 1917, during World War I, against the Ottoman Empire, Uh, The British uh, army that was in Israel was commanded by a man named General Edmund Allenby. And Allenby was a Christian and a a student of the Word of God. And he had his troops outside the city of Jerusalem, and they were about to lay siege to the city of Jerusalem. But being a Christian, Allenby was concerned about damaging or destroying all of the holy sites that were in Jerusalem. So he didn't want to just open fire on the city He wanted to uh, try to take it peacefully to preserve all of the holy sites there. And he sent a telegraph back to his command in London asking advice of what he should do and how he can protect Jerusalem. And the telegram he received back was Isaiah 31.5, that the Lord would protect, the Lord would defend and deliver it. But it also says, like birds flying about, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending, he will also deliver it. Passing over it, he will preserve it. And it was from this verse about the birds flying about that Allenby got the idea of commandeering all the planes that he could get from the area and printing leaflets asking the people in the city of Jerusalem to surrender and flying planes over the city and dropping these leaflets all over the city 
of Jerusalem. And so Allenby had uh, little flyers made up, little leaflets printed up uh, that said, um, asking them to surrender. And then it was signed Allenby, but it was misprinted. And the way that it read on the, on the leaflet, it said, uh, Ale Bey, which is Arabic for the Son of God. And so these leaflets came down, they sent planes, and this is, you know, planes were a new thing in 1917. A lot of people had never even seen a plane before. And he sent, it was something like 100 planes over the city of Jerusalem that dropped all these leaflets telling the people to surrender to the British. And it was signed, the Son of God. And so the people just surrendered and laid down their arms, and Allenby was able to walk into the city uh, and take the city of Jerusalem. But it all goes back to this verse in Isaiah 31 verse 5. That's where he got the idea of flying over the city and dropping leaflets. Like birds flying about, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending, he will also deliver it. Passing over, he will preserve it. Return to him against whom the children of Israel have deeply revolted. Here again, the plea, return to the Lord. Stop revolting against him and return to the Lord. For in that day, in that day that you return, every man shall throw away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, sin, which your own hands have made for yourselves. And then Assyria shall fall, look what it says, by a sword that's not of man, and a sword that's not of mankind shall devour him, devour Assyria, But he, Assyria, shall flee from the sword, and his young men shall become forced labor. He shall cross over to his stronghold for fear, and his princes shall be afraid of the banner, says the Lord, whose fire is in Zion and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. In verse 8, it says that uh, if Judah turns back to the Lord, the Lord will protect them from Assyria. And verse 8 says, Assyria will fall, by a sword that is not of man, and a sword not of mankind shall devour Assyria. And we know from Second Kings chapter 9 that when the Assyrian army surrounded the city of Jerusalem and was encamped outside the city of walls, that the Lord sent an angel, and the angel destroyed the Assyrian army in one night, 185,000 Assyrian troops were killed in one night, and the Assyrian army fell by a sword that was not a man's sword. It was the angel of the Lord's sword that devoured them. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse-by-verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of His life and ministry, from His virgin birth to His sacrificial death to His resurrection and second coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. 
Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Let us know how God is working in your life and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth. It's true.